once more it is what's involved and uh i don't know there's been there's been a fair amount of doom and gloom around and uh you know everybody's had challenges uh for me the last little while has been just absolutely nuts and i thought you know what let's have something on a lighter note on a brighter note on on our show so i thought i would speak to this lady and it shall all become clear to you why i want to speak to this lady who am i talking about i'm talking about suzanne jacobs and she is from incandescent orchid hello suzanne good to chat with you hello david thank you so much for having me always always a pleasure so now i've given enough of a mysterious introduction to you uh let's start off a little bit about uh, who suzanne is give me a bit of history where you grew up etc etc well um i've been in edenvale my whole life um between edenvale and kempton uh born bred raised and probably destroyed yeah i have i went to school obviously matriculated um i then I couldn't follow what I wanted to do in life because my father decided it was not a place for a woman to be in. I wanted to become an aeronautical engineer. That so did not go down well. So I did the good old girl thing and I did the secretarial course, which I detested and never used. But it made everybody happy, so that was great. And I didn't have to pay for it. So yeah, um, I then sort of worked my way in the mining industry um, after doing logistics and all sorts of things. I have a logistical degree. Um, and I have just worked my way into stuff that I enjoy forever. I started a small on-the-side business um, doing transcribing and things for market research companies, um, which I ran sort of alongside my career. Um, and then in 2010, I decided I'd had enough of this nonsense and this whole corporate politic stuff. And I went on my own and I did transcribing and note-taking and moderating and whatever for various in-research houses in the in the country, um, which I still do. And I have a lot of um, passions, which a lot of people will call an um, obsession and a problem. It's like an addiction. One of them is horses and one of them is orchids. And I've collected them for many years, both of them. Yeah, and then I decided when COVID hit, it was, hmm, my business went toiletwoods like everybody else's did and the industry sort of crashed so I put feelers out to see if people would be interested in orchids considering they're spending so much time at home they may as well make their homes pretty was the theory and it's just flown from there I have a very nice successful orchid business alongside my horses and my transcribing so yeah I love it it's just that's pretty much me that is fantastic. I mean, if I if I think you know, as you said, you started off. You were doing mining and, and logistics. Um, you, you you say you went and you're doing transcribing, which the, the fancy word for it these days. And I had somebody on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we were talking about this. Is this whole virtual assistant concept? And you did that, but I mean. I understand because this is where the tie-in is now going to come in. I have a, a, a friend, not just a friend on Facebook. She's one of many, many friends because I'm very famous and very important. Let's just get that straight. But uh, one of my friends on Facebook started talking about orchids and she started talking about where she, would, she got her orchids from, et cetera, et cetera. Now, at that time, I'd been successfully murdering orchids for about, three or four years and it irritated the life out of me because i've got green fingers i can just make just about anything grow with the exception 
of orchids. And I was like, no, 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 no. Where, and I said to her, where did you get it? And she said, I got it from this wonderful woman called Suzanne. And I was like, okay, I want to find out who this Suzanne is and I want to talk to her. And I did. And we just we just seem to get along. Maybe it's my, my East Strand boy roots and you're living in the Vale, but we seem to we seem to get along. And then um, I managed to get hold of you on the phone and I said to you, hello, my name's David. I am the orchid murderer. You are apparently the orchid whisperer. Let's see if we can come up with something. Long story short is I then added to, after I'd sent you some very sad pictures, I'm very embarrassed. I had to send you sad pictures of the remains of some of my orchids. They were a little sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I bought some more from you. Yes. And I was very forward and I said, you need to give me a guarantee that I won't murder them. And you said, you can't give me that guarantee, but uh, you can certainly do your best to help me. And I've got some, some beautiful orchids. Now, I still haven't learned all of the fancy names for them, but as I look around my office, there's some beautiful flowers and it, it makes me happy. Oh. And, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for that. And, and that's what fascinated me because as I got to talk to you more and more, I was like, sure, okay, so your, your traditional business went down the tubes at that time and you suddenly decided I'm going to take something that was largely a hobby uh, and, and try and turn it into a little business. And you've done that, I think, very, very successfully. Where did your love of orchids start? Because you, you do talk a bit like a botanist when I ask you about orchid stuff. And then I have to say, no, no, no. It's the one with the thin leaves and the bump at the bottom, or it's the one with the big leaves. You know, where did it start? Well, I actually don't know. I love everything nature. Okay. I don't know where I came from because camping in my house was a swear word. Uh, as I was growing up, there was no such thing as like peeing in the bush and having a tent. And it just, it just was not the thing to do. And for me, it's like, oh, anywhere where the nearest, closest living thing moves, barks or neighs at me and I'm a happy person. So everything for me, as long as it's pretty and it's, I can make it happen, even if it's like a learning curve, I love it. And I found that I love fuchsias and I love orchids. Um, and the thing is, I just, I sort of picked at them. You know, everybody starts with the Woolies orchid, the Phalaenopsis. Everybody starts with the one you can find. And funny enough, it is the easiest orchid to grow and it's the easiest orchid to murder. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, so I don't feel too bad because that's what I did. I, I grew the, the, the Woolies, the, the Phalaenopsis ones and murdered them successfully. Well, there you go. At least you're a success in that. You see, life <laughs> is good. But the, the reason being is because they're on a shelf, you buy them, they look all pretty. No one tells you how to water them. No one tells you not to get water in the wrong places. No one tells me what to, where to put them, whether they shade, whether they sun, whether they – nobody tells you. You just buy these pretty flowers that are all beautiful and in bloom and have probably been in the refrigeration truck for the last month. So they are all preserved. And then they hit your environment and they go, boo. And then mm. sort of when they finish flowering, you can look at those green things until you're blue in the face. They probably won't flower for another two years because no one told you how to then promote new growth because they are effectively refrigerated when they start hoofing them around the country to drop them at various places. So the climate is different. And yeah, I just, I started with those and I thought, oh, those are very pretty and I've murdered my fish here and I learned how to chain and I went to go and have a look and I learned how that, oh, and then there's that one and then there's that one and then there's that one and yeah, it kind of grew for me and oh, that's a pretty one, oh, that's a nice one. And yeah, then it became a really big problem. 
So <laughs> I eventually had a bathroom where you couldn't bath, you had to shower because I discovered it was nice and humid and light and it had airflow and it was all pretty and it worked beautifully. So I collected, you know, as you do. And my whole bathroom, if you wanted a bath, you had to fight the flowers for it. It was as easy as that. You sort of got tickled in the nose by a plant or a leaf or a flower or a whatever. And then I collected a whole bunch of secondhand window frames, um, cottage pane window frames, which I stored here for a year. And my husband one morning just said, listen, I actually want a bath. This is enough. I'm like, well, They've sat here for a year. You want a bath, build my greenhouse. That weekend, it was up. <laughs> okay. And it's just grown from there. I've now extended it once and I'm extending it again. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's like I say, it's a problem. <laughs> but it's a pretty problem. So, I'm okay with that. But, it, and, no, and it is. I mean, I, I actually said to you, don't send my orchids because we'll get into all of what you do in just a little while. I said, I wanted to come and collect them. Um, that's just part of my nature. I wanted to see who this sort of fairly nutty sounding woman was that I was buying orchids from, um, who I'd only met literally up until that point on the internet um, and, and via Facebook and via a friend of mine that said, no, no, she's legit. She's not going to take your money and, and go. She's not going to offer you millions from the, 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 the US lottery or anything. And I was like, okay, cool. And I got to tell you that that greenhouse of yours is like a little piece of paradise. It's absolutely Beautiful. But when we come back now, I'd like to move on and and, and find out, you know, because somewhere along the line, you must have thought, I can make this work. But you can't grow orchids, specifically not in your little greenhouse place, fast enough to sell them, I wouldn't think. So when we come back, let's talk more about that. My special guest is uh, Suzanne Jacobs from Incandescent Orchid. Uh, this is what's involved. We'll be back in just a bit. And we're back with my special guest, Suzanne from Incandescent Orchid. Okay, so in the story, you've got your greenhouse going and everything. Pa the, the, the pandemic hit and most people just sort of fell about the place and, and, and totally understandably, your life was totally turned upside down. And you went, okay, people might want pretty things. Tell me about that process. Well, you see, genetically, I'm very lucky. Okay, I have a very strong mother. Okay, one of those where your house burns down, you call the fire department and then you phone your husband and they go, why didn't you phone me? And you say, because I didn't need you. I needed a fire department. She's one of those. And I kind of inherited those genes and it's a kind of make do, get done, make a plan. So when <laughs> COVID hit and crumpled the world around me, um, obviously my transcribing business, because it was all face to face in a room, most of it was in house or in a um, a facility and it just that just wasn't the thing you just can't do it and obviously we being here in South Africa we're not set up for um, a continuation business of online obviously now that's changed and business is picking up because everything's zoom and teams and all of that good stuff but then it was it was foreign it just wasn't done so everything crashed and I'm like hmm food clothing school fees we have a problem okay so I thought well Let's have a look and see if someone, I have so many orchids, I had duplicates, oops, of plants because I bought so many, I actually wasn't even sure if I had it or not, so it was pretty, so I bought another one. <laughs> so yeah, I thought, right, I'm going to sell my excess and see how this goes. And I put a feelers out saying, would anybody be interested in this? And I put it on Facebook and saying, here's my pretty flowers, anybody interested? And it just exploded. I had millions of people phoning and WhatsApping and all over the place. And I thought, right, create myself a WhatsApp group for orchids. Added everybody to the WhatsApp group. 
And then I went to my favorite grower who actually doesn't sell to the public, but he sold to me because I was, yeah, like I say, had a problem, right? So I may as well be a permanent buyer. So I made an arrangement with him and said, right, if I come and I buy from you, would you give me a wholesale price? Would you give me a discount on some stuff? Would you, would you, would you? Which, of course, we negotiated and it's no fine, no problem, you know, as long as you let me know, blah, blah, blah. So that was that. And I left it. Then all these people attached and I thought, right, I'm going to go and I'm going to go there and I'm going to take pictures and put prices up and post it to this group and see what reaction I have from the people that are on my WhatsApp group. Well, from minute one. It was just order after order after order. So it was great. So you go there and you take all the orders that are there. Then you realize, okay, so if I now take all of these orders and I buy stock, I now have a sales and I have stuff I can sell until next week. Well, that was the theory anyway. So I did this and I brought all the stock home. And by the time I hit my driveway, all that stock was sold. So I thought, hmm, okay, so we go back. And I did it next week and I did it the weekend after that. And eight months later, every single week I've done it and it's grown and grown and grown. And I put, you know, my sales up. Look what I've sold for the week. Isn't it pretty? Blah, blah, on Facebook. And a million more people contact me and I add them to my group. And so my group has grown. I think I've got about 200 and just over 200 people in my group. Um, and I just, every week I go and I post up what they've got what's in bloom, what's not in bloom, what it's going to look like if it's not in bloom. I go and I research the flowers so they can see what it's going to look like if they're not sure. And it's just order after order after order. And that's how it's grown. And I've got two or three nice growers that I go to. And yeah, I, this is my weekly thing. So I dedicate two days of my life effectively in a week. I'd go in the on a Wednesday or a Thursday. I go to the growers. I go place all my orders, buy all my stock. When I get back, I label up what belongs. I send everybody their slips. They do an EFT. And I package and career around the country. I even package, I've got three clients in Zimbabwe that I send to. And yeah, um, that's my thing. So on a Monday, it's packaging and box building and all the rest. And my, you know, I dedicate two full days from early, early, like at night when I'm back and finished allocating and making sure everything's in the right place and putting my stock aside and you know, then obviously in between with the spare days, I then myself, a couple of days, my other stock is then sold. And of course, you know, being a problem, I have to, of course, buy myself another special one that no one else has. So every week I sort of buy myself a something, you know, whether it's something I have always wanted or something I've never seen before or the grower. It's never for sale at the grower. It's very funny. I go to the grower and I say to them, oh, I like that. It goes, not for sale. I'm saying, yes, it is. <laughs> and we negotiate. We women are on back and front. And I generally get my own way. And I come home with an orchid that nobody else has, which is great. So my collection is getting very special. So I'm very happy about that. I've also started propagating my own, um, splitting and all sorts of funny things so that my own private stock is now growing so that my business can grow and I don't have to purchase as much stock. And, you know, so it's kind of building from there, which is quite nice. I think that's, it, it's, it's absolutely amazing that, that you, you sort of saw this little gap and you took it. And when I saw what you were doing, I was like, that's one of those times when I want to hit myself upside the head and go, why didn't I think of that? Obviously, because I can't, couldn't grow orchids at that stage, but you know, that's, that's another, another discussion entirely. But 
I mean, 200 people I, I've seen because I'm, I'm now on that group. The quest, first question is, am I, as, a, as, as a, an adult male, uh, am I weird because I like orchids or do you have an equal split between the ladies and the gents that are buying orchids from you? I have plenty of men that buy orchids from me. I have them that buy for their wives, then I have them that buy for themselves. I have them that have as much a problem as I do. I've got a, I've got a client in Cape Town who has a serious orchid problem. If it's not orchids, it's Hoyas. And he buys from me every single week. I mean, every week. And we're not talking one or two plants. We're talking boxes of plants every week. So I do have a lot of men that buy. And it's a case of I don't think that they would openly, when they started enjoying flowers, I don't think they'd openly admit it. But I think now they're realizing it's not a stigma to like something pretty. It doesn't make you weird. It doesn't make you odd. It doesn't make you off. It just makes you appreciate that nature is so vast, so varied. The diversity in the plants is just, it's unfathomable. And they just, yeah. they enjoy the the peace i mean the amount of stress that men women everybody it's under at the moment for them to have the sit down and look at something pretty and have a cup of coffee space is very important and why not with orchids mm, <laughs> yeah well that, look that's what i've done i mean mine are mine are i, I work from home we've got our home office here and that's where mine are so as i as i look around which i'm doing now i've got these beautiful orchids um, I still don't understand the names of some of them, but uh, I have got instructions on how to look after them. So, so far, so good. I've posted a couple of pictures of, of the ones that are in flower and, you know, they, they're flowering. Of course, for me, the proof, in the, of, uh, the proof of the pudding will be if once they've finished flowering, I can keep them alive until they want to flower again. This is going to be a challenge. And I think that's part of it for me is that challenge is like, I'm one of those people, don't tell me I can't do it because I'm going to say to you, I can and I will and watch me. So, yeah. But now somebody that's that's also like yes. me and, and been a, a successful orchid murderer and feels incredibly guilty because orchids, a lot of people give orchids as gifts. Where is a good place to start? Is there such a thing as a beginner orchid? Yes. All orchids are actually, they're not difficult. You do get the fancy schmancies that are very specific. Depends on where they are originating from. So if you've got something that lives in a tropical, humid, hot, dank, uh, shady, you are going to battle to get that perfect environment all the time. Um, so those you kind of stay away from till you can build an environment to suit them. And then obviously you've got to treat them differently to the other orchids. So you've got to have them separated and that becomes then a, a bit of an iffy, right? But you can, I mean, look, the Phalaenopsis is, it's the common old garden, Willie's orchid, right? And the problem with people is because they don't know, and it's not because they're ignorant so much as they have never been told. I don't like to use the word ignorant in its true sense where it's not a derogatory thing. People think ignorance is because you're stupid. It's not. It's because you just haven't been told. So for them, if you don't faff on an orchid, just because they're delicate and people have told you they're so difficult to grow and blah, 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 the more you faff, the more chance you have of murdering them. It's as easy as that. Orchids like less faff. Okay. Less, less faff is good. I can do less faff, yeah. Yes. Don't, so, oh, it needs water, plink, plink. Oh, it needs water, plink, plink. Then you've drowned it and you've murdered it. And, oops, it's dead. It, just ignore it. Water it on a schedule 
you can always ask what the schedule is for each plant depends on the heat depends on the time of year in summer you obviously water more than you do in winter because well it it's no evaporation for starters or less evaporation less heat so there's less water loss and also because it's cold especially with the phalaenopsis you get what they call crown rot if there's a little bit of water in the crown of that orchid it will freeze and your plant will rot and it will die that's just the way it is it's just a case of being told how to and then you just ignore them and enjoy the flowers fertilize it every now and again you know nothing overly dramatic Okay, now now the, the next question that I that I'd like to ask because when I got some from you, I got uh, I got uh, a couple from you, and uh, well, I'll get into the state Buy of them. From me, actually. Yes, I'll get into the state <laughs> of them in just a bit. Uh, but uh, right now, this is what's involved. My special guest uh, is Suzanne Jacobs of Incandescent Orchid. When we come back, I'll share some more of my orchid woes with you. This is what's involved. And we're back with my special guest, Suzanne Jacobs of Incandescent Orchid. Um, okay, so I got five. I, I was I was going to, you know, not go and say I got five, you know, because it sounds a bit like an overachiever. But I bought five from you. And of, of the five, four were ones I'd never heard of in my life before. And my immediate resp- response was, oh, I'm going to kill those if I can't even keep a phalaenopsis alive. Long story short is one, two, three, and the fourth one is about to start, which is the one that you say has a beautiful fragrance to it. So I'm waiting for that. But uh, three of those have have, have done exceptionally well. Uh, At least to me, it looks like they've done well because they haven't fallen over yet. Uh, The Phalaenopsis is looking very sorry for itself. The one leaf has turned brown. Uh, The flowers that we're starting just went, nah, not going to do this. So what do I do? Because you say I mustn't panic, but I'm I'm looking at this and I'm panicking. I think it might need to go to Orchid Hospital. Okay, so the first thing you do is you send me a photo so I can see how you've tried to murder it. Other than that, um, because I mounted yours, yours are all mounted. So you bought mounts from me and I mounted them all onto wood. Um, People have to realize that a good chunk of orchids, a good percentage are what they call epiphytes. Okay. Um, epiphytes are air plants. They don't need soil. They don't need anything. They need air. They need moisture, and they need to live. Okay. In the wild, your phalaenopsis is generally will grow upside down or at an angle, and the reason that is is so that they know they can't get water in their crown. So when it rains, the water just runs off and runs out. It doesn't sit in the crown and doesn't rot. Okay. So. This is why you'll see our planted jaws or, or mounted jaws at an angle. So if you yes. did, oops, when you watered it, it will just slip off the leaf and it'll be fine. Now, when the grower or your, or your purchase place, wherever you buy it from, they've packed the thing full of moss, which is number one problem, okay, because then your roots rot. But they do this because they have to, they don't have time to water it every second or third day in the summer. Okay, they have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and they ship them around the country in trucks and they shove them on a shelf, which they also don't water. So the more moisture they leave, the longer it takes to dry out. And that's a a survival thing. That's fine. Moss is actually a killer. Okay, for orchids. The fact that they are phalaenopsis are smothered in them when you buy them. The first thing you do is rip it all out, wash all the roots, slip off any black or smushy looking things and either plant it into a coconut husk and bark mix or even just a small bark mix. And you give them a chance to breathe. 
okay? Don't smother the roots. If they're growing out the pot, that's what they want to do. Don't go and cover it then with soil. You're going to kill your plant. You're going to suffocate it. So your ones that are mounted have been taken out of a smushy environment, okay? Yeah. Uh, and your phalaenopsis is now bare-rooted, okay? So you're going to need to water it more often. Uh -huh. So you can actually water that phalaenopsis on the root every single day because it's not going to sit in any water because it's in the air. It will dry out and evaporate within oh, 15 minutes. It'll be dry again. That's fine. Then you soak that whole piece again for a good 20 minutes and then take it mm -hmm. out and leave it to dry and put it back where it is and enjoy it for three or four days, you know, and do it again. But you have to water it very often because they are bare-rooted and because they don't have that moisture protection layer. You'll see I put a small amount of moss around your roots because I know that not everybody can soak their orchids every single day for 20 minutes, okay? So it's just not a reality. People work. People have lives, okay? It's all fine and right when you have nothing to do and you can sit and piffle with your orchids every day. But people don't. You just can't. You know, you've got to eat. You've got to work. So I put a little bit around that um, so that when you do soak it, the moss will then absorb some water, but it's on top, not underneath. So it's not touching the crown. It's not touching um, anything where it's going to suffocate or hold any moisture. The, the moss is on top. The moss will then dry out after the root is absorbed enough for a day or two, and you can do it again. So you're going to need a little bit more water on your fowl. Okay. All right, photo to follow. Um, but yes, we'll we'll, okay. we'll take that. That so, I mean, some of those ones that you've given me is is, and I was truly amazed because there's some of them, and I don't ask me for the fancy names because I can't tell you, but there's some that are. It's a beautiful red little flowers. There's there's, um, I think that's, that's the, the lava, a lava blood. Lava blood or lava burst, depending on yeah the color. Yes. Yes, lava burst is the one, and it's and and they're beautiful. Um, there's another one with dirty great white flowers, which is also beautiful. That's um, the winter wonderland. Yes. Yeah. So you know we're getting there, and, and the flowers are doing well, and it's, it's only only the phalaenopsis. But if somebody's listening now and they go, okay, I've I've got a problem because my orchids are either dying like David's, or I've now had this orchid for two years and it's done absolutely nothing. Can they contact you? And will you be yes, the orchid doctor, so to speak? No problem. I'm happy to help anybody. Photos. I'll happy, happily help them repot. They're welcome to come here and I'll help them pot it here. I'll help them mount it here if they are close enough. If they're not, I can do it over WhatsApp. I can do it over phone. Yeah, no, I have no problem with that at all. Fantastic. Yeah, because I must say, you know, when you get them, you see them in pots and, and fantastic. Okay, so... I was just, I was saying that uh, some of the uh, orchids, when you get them, particularly the phalaenopsis, these days you do get them in uh, in those clear plastic containers. And now I understand why, because they need the light and that's why you can see the green roots. But so you'll help people, you'll mount them. Mine you mounted for me because I'd never seen them done like that. And they look absolutely stunning when they're on this really sort of, lovely gnarled piece of wood and and as you say being epiphytes they need they need some of the air as well so very happy with that uh suzanne so you said you'll be the the, the doctor for them we're going to give out uh we're going to give out uh, some some details for you and i think we'll do that when we come back and we wrap it up with uh, suzanne jacobs and uh, we'll talk about what's next for suzanne as well and uh, where we can get hold of her and her incandescent orchids this is what's involved
And we're back with my special guest, Suzanne Jacobs of Incandescent Orchid. Okay, so people that need to get hold of you, whether it is to buy orchids from you, and I'm a, I am firmly believe in supporting small businesses. So if you are in the least bit interested in an orchid, uh, get hold of Suzanne. Where's the best place to find you? Would you say Facebook? Um, I'd love to say yes. And I'd love to say I have all the time in the world to scour Facebook, but I'm terrible. I don't. Um, you can contact me on Facebook. It might take me a day or so to get back to you. But if you're looking for something for yourself, for a gift, for your own birthday present, whatever it might be, and you want it sort of now, send me a WhatsApp, phone me. I'm around. I always have my phone. It's on 24-7-365. Okay. So, so what is what is the number? Can we give the number out? And and don't blame me if you get strange Absolutely people phoning no you. Okay. So give me that number. That's all right. It's 083-234-5935. All right. So that's 083-234-5935. That's if you want to get hold of Suzanne. And yeah, listen, take it, take it from somebody who, who now chats to Suzanne every now and again. The best way is via WhatsApp. Just drop her a WhatsApp She'll get back to you. And then if you want to find out more, get onto that group because the group, I think the group needs to come with a warning though, because suddenly you start seeing all of these beautiful <laughs> flowers and you're like, no, but I don't, I want that one. And I'd like that one. So I've had to like really wind my neck in and say to myself, I'll get more when I can prove that I can look after them because I feel terrible when they die. So, but you literally will help people with, with any of the problems that they have. Uh, you helped me with some of my other orchids that were on their way out. Um, I've still got one that's clinging to life thanks to, uh, thanks to you and, and your advice. So I'm very happy about that. So now you do orchids. Orchids are growing. You said that you, you're wanting to uh, expand your sort of orchid growing place a bit. Um, I'm not sure where you're going to do that because, you know, unless you take over part of the house. Well, yes, it's that whole other section where the greenhouse is standing. That whole one side of the garden is now going to be greenhouse, that whole quiet area. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. So you should be able to get a, you should be able to get a couple in there. Um, what is next, though, for Suzanne? I mean, your life has been turned upside down in terms of the pandemic and, and what you did. You've now started a business you had never really thought about previously, doing something you love. Um, your other your other passion, which we're probably not even going to get a chance to get into right now, is horses, and more specifically, rescue horses. You've run around half the country rescuing horses. Um, so, so what's next? I mean, where where do you see things going? Well, yeah, business thankfully is picking up uh, on the transcription side. So, hopefully, this year it's going to start leveling out. So, there's that. I've got to find time for that, which is great. Uh, the orchids are going to carry on, um, and yeah, my rescue rehab and teaching children and people and whatever to ride is still on the go. I've actually just got two new horses. Uh, they arrived on Thursday night thanks to Choice Carriers. They carried them from Durban for me and they are settling in beautifully. So that's also going to still keep thriving and it's going to keep growing. And yeah, um, it's going to be teaching children and, well, and adults, but especially kids with the square box and the TV and the cell phone and the all this time stuck inside and getting no sunshine and no dirty you know kids need to be dirty i've discovered i firmly believe that if children come home exhausted and full of mud they've had a good day um so they i'm going to still expand obviously on that um i've been doing that on my own now for three years so that's still going to be the thing i'm not ever quitting on that horses are my life 
Um, and kids, I love to see the, the change in the kids, especially kids with special needs or kids with attention order disorders or, you know, people that just, they battle at school because they can't focus. Horse riding is awesome. It teaches them how to concentrate, how to bring everything together. And it actually helps them in their school because they learn to concentrate for periods of time. And, you know, I like to see that. So, I mean, I'll see a child that comes and it's like, oh my goodness, just, oh, there's a butterfly. Oh, look, there's a leaf. Oh no, here's your horse, you know, come, come down. <laughs> and then within a couple of weeks, weeks it's suddenly they all together and they're all focused and it's good for the core it's good for the um the body's exercise it's good for the brain it's great for focus and they're out in the fresh air and you know all of that so for me that's like a huge thing um that's obviously going and my orchids are going to go my business i'm convinced it's going to pick up it's going to be great so yeah i'm going to have a lot of busy goodies happening this year I think that's absolutely wonderful. And, and, and your sense of passion and excitement is contagious. So that is so good to hear. Now, just uh, as, as we wrap up, because uh, I spotted something at your place the other day when I was there as well, is you don't just do orchids. You also do some other uh, interesting, interesting things. So like, for example, staghorn ferns. So what, what other interesting bits and pieces do you do? Well, air plants, staghorns, they all kind of seem to go together with the orchids. Um, they grow in a very similar environment, especially in nature. Um, so ferns of all sorts of description, um, air plants, um, the tillandsias and things like that, and bromeliads. Um, I do have fuchsias. I've also got some aloe veras that are here. But yeah, I'm, I try not, I'm trying not to diversify too far because then I become a nursery and I don't really want to become a nursery. I want to become a specialist nursery, if you know what I mean. So I want to be able to focus on a specific environment plant, if you like. So fuchsias like the shade. They like the water. They like to have light, but no direct sun. So they're very much in a care way. They're very much like an orchid. So you can kind of combine them and people who love one generally will love the other and they don't have to have a special environment for one and a special environment for another. And then it's just admin. So yeah, I just, I don't know. I like to keep a connected environment type plant, if that makes any sense to anybody where you can actually have your orchids, your ferns, your staghorns um, and your fuchsias together in an environment and they will all do fine and they'll all have more or less the same sort of care and you don't have to worry about, you know, two o'clock I have to water this one, but only one o'clock I have to water that one and I don't want that to become admin because then it's not enjoyable. Yeah, It's got to be something you're going to enjoy. It's going to be good to keep alive and you're going to just enjoy the flowers every time they come. Fantastic stuff. Uh, well, that wraps it up. You know, I said this was going to be fun and lighthearted, and it is. And orchids bring great joy into so many people's lives, certainly into my life. I mean, oh, I just funny. love love being in my office with the orchids when they're in flower. And it's just, it's having some greenery around, which is great. Suzanne, thank you so much. I know you're very busy, but thanks for taking the time out to have a chat with us. Uh, that number again is 83 uh, WhatsApp is the best way, I think, to get hold of Suzanne. But Suzanne, all the best. Thank you. Uh, and stop sending me pretty photos of orchids, okay? Because I'm, you know, I'm going to have to sort of get another job to then support that little habit. 
I know the feeling well. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately, a few clients of mine have said I'm a very bad influence. But it's a good thing, you know. It's not like it's, you know, that bad. It's, it's a good thing. But yeah, thank you so much for having me and just spending the time with me. That's awesome. And, yeah, you send me pictures of if you need any help and I'm there for you. Wonderful stuff. There we go. Wraps it up. My special guest there uh, from Incandescent Orchid is Suzanne Jacobs. That number, one last time, 083-234-5935. To each and every one of you, take care, stay safe, and thank you for listening.